Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome. It's so great to be here again with you. And I'm, 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 I'm really amazed how the topics keep coming in for me. And this morning, I, I didn't have anything yesterday. I didn't know what I was going to be talking about today. And this morning, I came across a Facebook post that really struck me really deeply. It, it hit my heart really, really at such a level that, that I just felt compelled to speak about it today. So today we're going to be talking about what women are really afraid of. And it, it does relate to the, the Me Too campaign. It does relate to all that's going on in the world right now, the shift that's hitting the fan. And there's an invitation right now for all of us to take a good, honest look at our lives and how our actions, our behaviors currently and in the past have impact humanity. The invitation today is to listen with your inner ear, listen with your heart, take the message that resonates, leave the rest behind, and trust that if you're meant to hear something that you'll come back to this episode, you'll listen to the replay, and you'll get what you need to get at the time you need to receive it. Right now, I'm really feeling compelled to talk about these controversial topics, these these sweaty palm conversations that I feel are really necessary, particularly in the perspectives that I hold around them, to inspire and empower humanity to unite in love. Before we can unite in love, we need to look at our own wounds. And I talked last week about the collective wounds. I talked about our individual wounds and what was happening in on our planet and in the way of these pockets of unification and these triggers that are happening as we bring our own individual wounds to the surface for healing, we trigger others. And particularly what's happening in the last couple of weeks, more so than ever before, is the Me Too campaign and women coming out and sharing their stories of abuse, sexual abuse, harassment, and, and, and rape and, and all these other intense, intense traumas. The interesting thing is we're still being met with the same response from men. We're still being met even with the same response from society as a whole. And that's really what needs to change. So my intention today is to inform, inspire, and empower. And as I'm doing that, you may be triggered. And as I'm having these conversations and sharing this information, you may feel your own stuff wash up. You may feel some collective guilt wash up. You may feel that you don't know what to do with what's washing up, but I promise I'm going to give you some tools toward the end to support you. And just know that no matter what's happening and no matter what has happened, that there is support out there for you. You're not alone. And, 
and there's more and more women uniting and coming together, but there's also more and more men standing up in support of women as well. Although we may not be seeing as many examples of that, there certainly is, and I'm definitely seeing more and more evidence of that in in my own life, but also in in society. And it's actually really exciting to see the shift that's happening on the planet at this time. As I've talked about before, we're, we're moving from living life by default into life, living life by design, feeling we have a little bit more, we feel a bit more empowered about our life. Life isn't happening to us. We're not a victim of circumstances. We feel a little bit more like we have a sense of being able to create the life that we love, create a life that, that we feel good about, do the work in the world that we're meant to do. And then we shift into what, what I call life by divine, which is a real beautiful surrender to allowing our heart to lead us in every moment. And the beautiful thing about our heart and tapping into that divine wisdom is that it can carry us through and it can navigate any and all trauma, any and all circumstances, any and all challenges. There's nothing that the heart cannot lead us through and out to the other side. Now, we're not meant to always do that alone. And in fact, at this point, in as, as the shift is happening with humanity, we're being called to actually unite together and to heal in community, to come together to support each other. And in doing that, we're actually drawing out all of the hidden hurts, all of the hidden wounds, all of the darkness, all of the shadows. It's kind of coming up and, and, and it feels like it's in our face. But the good news is everything is getting uncovered. Everything's getting uncovered within us, everything individually, and everything's getting uncovered collectively for all of humanity. As long as things remain hidden, they can't be healed. And as long as behaviors and thoughts and beliefs are kind of playing in the background and not being exposed, then they remain active in some way and they influence and act as a filter for our behavior. At this time, when we look at what's happening with women rising up and and sharing their stories and basically telling, telling what has happened to them, sharing the trauma publicly, sometimes publicly in the way of just telling a friend and sometimes outwardly publicly, as we saw last week with Dr. Ford. What, what happens is when we do that, the more and more women that do that, the more and more empowered other women feel to do that as well. Now, I'm not saying you need to go and publicly share your story if you're a woman who has had trauma. What I'm saying is that even sharing it with one person or even writing it down and then burning it or, if, you know, anything you can do to let it out, get it out from inside of you and, and place it in a loving space is an opportunity to heal and to, to move beyond it. When the post I saw this morning came out and my first response was I had tears. I just felt really sad. I felt really sad because there's so many women still living in fear. Now, I don't live in fear as much as I used to. However, 
when I was reading the post, it actually reminded me of how I still habitually are taking certain actions, which are basically coming from a history of fear. So I'll explain the, the post. I'll share the post a little bit with you. Someone had shared a, a process that Jackson Cates, who's the, the author of the Macho Paradox, it's a process that he takes audiences through. And the process is essentially he draws on a, on a whiteboard a line in the middle and draws a symbol of the masculine on one side and the female and feminine on the other side. And he asks all the men in the room and all the women, but he starts with the men. So he asks the men, what steps do you take on a daily basis to prevent yourselves from being sexually assaulted? And at first, most times, most audiences, the men are silent, kind of an awkward silence, like they don't really know what to say. And then quite often there's a, a bit of a joke or kind of a light lightening of it because it's, it's, it's uncomfortable for them. So they move to humor. And then eventually someone will put their hand up and say nothing really. When he then goes and asks the women, hands shoot up and there's a list, a long list, which is probably could go on for, for a long time of the things that women do to prevent themselves from being sexually assaulted that day. So things like holding your keys as a potential weapon. I remember putting my keys in between my fingers and walking with them because I was taught that if you have that, you could hit somebody and it won't hurt your fist as much, but you could hurt them enough that you could get away. Looking in the back seat before getting in the car, making sure you have a cell phone with you. Don't go jogging at night. Lock all your windows when you sleep. I, I actually, although the property we're on right now has security gates, so I feel safer and we actually have a dog that barks no matter who near comes near the door. That's, that's part of it is it is, it is security for me. It is safety. I actually sleep better knowing. And for the longest time, I actually had to sleep with an alarm on. So the house alarm was on. So if anybody came through a window or a door, then I would know because the alarm would go off. And people, the other comments like not putting their drink down when they're out in public so that it doesn't get, you know, drugs don't get put into it, making sure they see who's poured it, carrying mace or pepper spray, having, I remember having, when I lived on my own, I actually changed my voicemail on my home machine when we had an answering machine that was, that, that's aging myself for sure on the answering machine saying we are not home right now, as opposed to I am not home. So, so that people don't think or, or believe that I live alone. It's the list went on and on. And even I, I even remember when I was looking at, looking at apartments, renting a place or even buying a place. I, and even this time when I was looking at Turks and Caicos, we were looking at purchasing something down there to build a healing center where we're staying, I was, I was, I didn't want to be on the first floor because I didn't feel safe. It didn't feel secure for me, especially when I was going to be there by myself. So as I was reading this list and I was, I was feeling into it, I'm like, I, I used to do a lot of those things. And I realized I kind of still do by default. 
and yet men don't. We, as women, live in fear because we're programmed to live in fear. We're programmed to be afraid of being sexually assaulted or attacked. Then there's the whole idea of, you know, what you're wearing, unwelcome comments, that sort of thing, men seeing you as a sexual object and, and feeling like it's okay to comment on, on your figure or your, your features. Again, it's like, it's, it's programming. It's programming. Our fear is programmed as women and, and the behavior is programmed in men. There's a lot of good men out there. There's a lot of great men out there. And they still have the programming. And if they're not outwardly saying these things, they may be thinking those things in the background because that's what the programming is. It's women have been, men have been programmed to look at women as sexual objects. A lot of men have been programmed to disrespect women. That's what needs to change. Not just us standing out, standing up and standing strong and speaking our truth. The programming needs to change. The collective healing of all the wounds needs to happen. Yes. And the programming needs to change. So how do we change that programming? I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some insights and, and share some, some possibilities that you can do for yourself, but then also we can teach the next generation because it's not just about calling everybody out and naming the, our attackers and abusers. It is about that. And it's about changing the programming. We have to have both. Otherwise, it's it's just going to keep going. It's like the topic of racism I talked about last week. It's like unless we teach each other and the next generation how to treat each other differently than we have, it'll keep going. Nothing will change. Nothing changes unless something changes. We are the change makers. We are the ones that can make the change happen right now when it comes to the Me Too campaign, when it comes to shedding light on abuse, sexual abuse, whether it's, it's something like an unwelcome comment or whether it's rape. All of it needs to be addressed. All of it needs to be looked at and, and all of it is unacceptable. Now, the one thing I, I'm going to ask, and I, I would love for you to answer this question for yourself, and if you have an answer for me, I'm, I'm happy to hear and maybe have a conversation. Maybe it'll be a, another episode. But the one thing I did notice is, so if um, a man posts a, a picture of a woman on Facebook and then commented and said, oh, that's some good eye candy, he would be attacked and bashed and ridiculed and criticized and made to feel shameful. So why is it 
that a woman can post a picture of a man, perhaps in, you know, with his shirt off and maybe he's got, you know, some really nice body and some abs and, and a woman can say, that's some really good eye candy and it's okay. Something to think about. Something to consider. So, so we can, it, it has to be both. We have to, we have to honor both. We have to respect both and realize that, that either one, it's not okay. It's not okay for any of us to look at another and, and use those comments anymore. That's, that's my opinion. It's my perspective. If we're going to say it's not okay for men, then it, it should not be okay for women too. I'm not going to hammer that too much because it's, I'm still processing it myself because I'm seeing it every once in a while. I'm like, hmm, it almost feels like the same thing. Just reversed. So let's look at what we can do as women to support each other. And then I'm going to look at what men can do to support us, to support women. Because I know there's a lot of good men out there that they just don't know what to do. They just don't know what to say. They don't know how to respond. And the programmed response is actually not supportive. The programmed response is not helpful. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you a little bit of pieces. If you're a man who's listening or if you're a woman who wants to share this with someone in your life, men in your life that would love to be more supportive and don't know how. And then we'll begin with supporting women. When you have had a trauma, and trauma for for me, my definition of trauma is anything that has caused you to feel hurt, to cause you pain, to feel shame, to feel anything other than love can be a trauma. And a trauma can be being raped, a trauma can be being kidnapped and abused, a trauma can be sexual abuse as a child, it can be harassment as an adult, it can be an unwelcome comment. Trauma is trauma to the individual. And it's very different, the experience of that trauma for each woman. So when we can honor that trauma as trauma, and it doesn't matter if they were, it was an attempted rape or if it was a rape. It doesn't matter if it was an unwelcome comment or if it was groping. All of it is a form of trauma. And all of it is a form of abuse. Verbal, emotional, physical abuse is all abuse. The level of trauma depends on the individual and their history. It depends on their own worth and their own beliefs about themselves. And there's a lot tied into it. The first thing I'm going to encourage everybody to do is bring your trauma to the surface. 
in a way that feels safe and supportive for you. Sometimes that looks like going to see a counselor. Sometimes that looks like seeing a therapist or talking to a friend, talking to a family member. Talking to a helpline, somebody totally anonymous who doesn't have no idea who you are. Writing it down, journaling about it, and then burning it so that you know it's safe once you expose it, once you release it. The key behind letting your trauma rise is so we can reveal it to heal it. When we hold trauma, when we hold it in, it's it's held hurt, it's held pain, and it's dense energy that remains in our energy field impacting us. When we can actually heal it, reveal it, and heal it, we actually have the opportunity to free ourselves from it. So we don't feel imprisoned by it. We don't feel captured by it. We don't feel like it's got control over us anymore. And we don't feel helpless. Reveal to heal is kind of the first step. Your willingness to heal it and somehow bring it into the light into the light of awareness for yourself or into the light of awareness for another to be a witness. So some of our wounds, and a lot of times these types of trauma, traumatic wounds need witnesses. So finding someone that you can rely on to hold space for you that will listen without trying to fix or change how you feel, just really give you permission to tell your story in the way that you need to tell it and hold not a space of non-judgment. That in itself is a gift. Then comes the feeling. And I often talk about feeling to heal. We need to feel to heal. Feeling the trauma feeling, the fear feeling, the sadness feeling, the grief feeling, the anger feeling, the resentment feeling, the revenge, all of that. All of the emotions, the, the, there's a there's a big kind of rainbow of emotions, positive and negative, that can come from moving through trauma. And when you're held in a sacred container, allowing you to feel the the depth of the feelings that you need to feel, to cry all of your uncried tears, to express your anger your resentment, the intensity of the trauma in whatever way it needs to be expressed. The process of feeling, the process of moving through through those emotions will, will bring you to the other side, giving you freedom from them. The challenge is a lot of times we go into the, the depth of emotions and we feel the, the grief and the sadness and the pain, and then we start to get to that point where we actually feel the anger. So we're rising up on the emotional scale. We start at the lower scale, which is fear, helplessness, hopelessness. And then we start to rise up on the emotional scale and anger and resentment and even rage 
is a stage that we need to go through. And some of us go through it in one sentence and it clears. And some of us go through a really dense layer of anger and rage. But see, in society, we're taught not to be angry. We're taught that we, that it's a bad thing or that it's unhealthy or, or to, it's just not, not a healthy expression. And there is healthy expressions of anger. And it's essential that we learn how to express anger, the energy of anger in a healthy way so we can move through that layer. So what happens is a lot of people get to that edge of anger and resentment or rage and revenge even having thoughts of revenge and how you're going to, you know, avenge that person or thoughts of harming that person or even like thoughts of killing that person. It's like that is a normal stage of moving through trauma, but we judge those thoughts and we hold them back and we hold them in and and we feel bad about them. So then we feel guilty and then we go back down to the lower range of the emotional scale. And then we're back into that place of helplessness and hopelessness. And there's a lot of people that are victims of trauma that stay in that lower range, bouncing back between those, those layers and feel ultimately helpless. That's where a lot of people become depressed because they can't, they're, they're depressing their feelings. They're, they're depressing the emotions that need to rise up in order for them to heal and get beyond them. So there there are different therapies, there are different things that people can do to move through the rage, through the anger in a safe way and in an effective way and in a healthy way. So if that's you, if this resonates for you and you're feeling that, then I encourage you to reach out for some support. Find someone be open to finding someone that can support you through that layer. Because as much as you're afraid to feel that, your freedom from those feelings are actually on the other side of feeling it. So it's essential that you feel it. I often do what I call expression sessions with my clients. And what that is, is essentially you can say anything and everything that's hidden, you can, you can say all of your hidden thoughts, all of your hidden beliefs. You can just let all the words fly. You can curse. You can swear. You can scream. You can cry. You can squeal. I do not care what you do as long as you let what's in there up and out. I will hold space for them. I let them know that I'm not going to judge anything they say. Even if the anger looks directed at me or anything, like as long as it's not physically directed, my only thing is if it's in person is you can't punch me. You can punch the pillow. You can punch the bolster. You can hit with the bat. You can hit anything but me. And that's the, that's the boundary I set. When I give permission for my clients to really move through that layer and expose all those hidden thoughts, it's like an, I want you to see the thoughts and the feelings and everything as energy moving. And it wants to have an outlet. It wants to have an expression. And sometimes it needs to be expressed through words. Sometimes you need to speak to someone as if you're talking to the person that attacked you. Sometimes that's what we need in order to heal, to feel like we finally had a, have a voice when we didn't have a voice during the trauma. 
now we have a voice and to be able to speak all of those hidden thoughts, all of those vengeful thoughts, whatever they are, the pain, everything, just give it a witness and give it an outlet. It frees us in, in a way that I, I just, I can't even, can't even describe the freedom and the relief that comes on the other side of the expression sessions. At the same time, moving those words from our mind, kind of a hidden background in the mind, frees, it moves an energy. It moves the density, it moves the energy, it moves the trauma out of our physical body, out of our energy body at the same time. So as an intuitive healer, I look at the five bodies. There's actually five bodies we're healing, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and energy body. Most people focus on the mental and the physical body and the emotional body. They look at the emotions, but those three but the spiritual body and the energy body need to be healed as well. And a lot of times people will focus on talk therapy and emotional therapy, which is great. It's, it's definitely a piece of the puzzle. And, I, and I'm not saying that we don't do those things because I, I would encourage you to do those things. And then the physical body needs to release the trauma as well. And sometimes that comes in the form of kind of shaking in the body, temperature change. You might be talking and all of a sudden you feel very sweaty or very hot the physical expression of the trauma needs to come out as well as the emotional and mental trauma. And then we look at the spiritual and the energy trauma. So the spiritual trauma can be that collective wound rising up for all women, which I talked about last week. So we're going to take a short break and I want to go into a little bit more. I still have some more steps for women to, you know, how we can actually support each other and support ourselves through trauma like this. As well, I want to talk about men and how what men can do to support women and to actually change the behavior at the core of the problem, which is that programming that men have and the programming that women hold around these topics of sexual abuse and trauma. So we're going to be right back. You're listening to Life by Divine, and my name is Sue, and we'll be right back after a short break. Are you looking for a career that will make your heart sing? Do you feel deeply and easily discern others' needs, hidden hurts, emotions, and blind spots? And you want to use your intuitive gift to guide others to greater success and faster healing? Sue Dumais' 10-month intuitive coaching certification program will help you become a clear channel for healing energy and intuitive insights. This program is designed for those who feel a deep calling to do their own heart work while learning to inspire and guide others to do the same. Our once-a-year enrollment is now open, with a limited number of spots available for our October 2nd start date. Apply today at heartledliving.com slash become a coach. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine. And my name is Sue Dumay. We've been talking today, if you're just joining us, we've been talking about what women are really afraid of. And I've been talking about what women can do when it comes to healing trauma from sexual abuse, whether it be something small or something big. All trauma is big, actually. All trauma is based on a woman's experience and her history 
and and how that trauma was handled by by everyone around her. Something as 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 seemingly small as a comment could actually be just a big of trauma as someone else who was sexually abused. So I want to oh, I just want everybody to recognize that when it comes to healing our old wounds, our individual wounds, that the wound is very real for the individual that's that's holding the wound that has the wound. And our response to them sharing or opening up about that wound in their history and their story will determine whether that wound has the potential to heal or whether we actually cause more harm or place them back into kind of hiding the wound and putting a band-aid on it and leaving it longer. So as we move into the topic, kind of going back to why women are afraid, we I've talked about the programming. We're programmed to be afraid. We're programmed to to live in fear. And, and that's not okay anymore. It's so not okay. It was never really okay, but it's not okay. So we need to look at what we can do to change the behavior that leads to women feeling unsafe and having to feel like they need to protect themselves everywhere they go. I was watching a video and uh, I can't quite remember what the, the series was, but it was about, it was a group of men having a conversation about the Me Too campaign and how they're contributing to the problem and how they can be a part of the solution. And they were just having a real honest, raw, honest conversation, sharing, you know, stories about themselves and their experiences. And I remember hearing one piece where he was interviewing a woman, one of the men were interviewing a woman and she was saying, you know, because she was sexually assaulted, she was raped as she was walking along this path. And she said, well, the one thing I don't do is walk alone on a path or walk alone in the woods anymore. And, and it was interesting because it's like a, a man wouldn't think that they would just be walking down the path. They wouldn't think that even a woman who wasn't attacked would still have that thought in their mind. There's a level of vulnerability because we've been programmed to feel vulnerable as women. And at the same time, there's a programming in men that has led to a lot of these types of behaviors and assaults. That's where it needs to shift. It needs to shift at the level of the mind. It needs to shift at the level of, like, as a culture, as, as humanity, we need to change these things. As I was talking before the break, I was talking about what women need to do in order to heal the trauma. I talked about revealing to heal, feeling to heal, moving through our emotions. And then comes forgiveness. And forgiveness is not an easy one. It's not an easy one to move through it. And you need to kind of, you need to go through those other, other pieces first. You need to reveal to heal. You need to feel to heal. You need to feel all the emotions. You need to cry all your, all your tears. And part of the healing process will eventually come to forgiveness. The first person you need to forgive is yourself. Forgive yourself. It's not your fault. And no matter who points blame, and this is the programming that happens in society, you see it as like a woman is assaulted and they're like, what was she wearing? Where was she? What was she doing? It's like instantly blame the women is 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 on trial instantly. 
And if a woman was wearing something skimpy, well, then she deserved it. She was asking for it. No, that's not, that's not true. Not at all true. Men need to understand that it doesn't matter what a woman is wearing or not wearing, that they do not have the right to take it upon themselves to help themselves. That is not okay. So it needs to change there. It needs to shift there. Even the, even the programming that, that, that people suddenly go to that question is what was the woman doing? What, you know, what, what was she doing to deserve it is basically what they're saying. That needs to change. What also needs to change is when a woman comes forward and starts to share their story is most times they're not, people don't believe them. We need to start believing women. We need to start honoring those, the courage of women who are standing up and sharing their stories right now. And yes, there are examples of women who have made up stories about being raped. But maybe they made up that story because they were afraid. We don't know. Those are circumstances that you need to look at individually. But as a, as a collective, as a, as a whole, we need to start believing women when they say something has happened to them and see it as a trauma because it is. And the way we heal from trauma is to have these compassionate witnesses. And sometimes just telling our story is healing. Having someone that can listen. So no matter what has happened to you as a woman or anyone as, as someone who's experienced trauma, I want you to see that it's not your fault. No matter who pointed to what. And the invitation is to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself and then forgive what happened. Forgive your thoughts. Forgive your emotions. Forgive, like just let yourself go through that. The process of forgiveness for me is forgiving it over. Forgiving it over so that we can heal. And forgiveness is for you first. It's for us first. Always for us first. Forgiveness is always about you. The most challenging thing then shifts to, and actually it can be really challenging to forgive self. I've had experiences of that. Things I haven't been able to forgive myself for for a long time and finally came around to that level of forgiveness where it felt authentic. It's not easy, but I'm going to encourage you to move toward that. Invite forgiveness towards self. You might write a letter to yourself. I forgive you. I forgive you because. I forgive you for whatever it is. Then the shift is forgiving others. Forgiving the person who um, assaulted you, who, who, ha- who, who, the abuser, the person who said whatever they said to you. Forgiving others is challenging. 
if there's an apology, it's a little easier to forgive, although still challenging. The most challenging act of forgiveness is to forgive when there's no apology. And it's in those times where I often go to, I can forgive the ignorance. I can forgive their fear because behind the ignorance is fear. I can forgive their pain because most people who have acted outwardly to harm somebody else have been harmed themselves. And usually an act of violence is coming from their own unhealed pain. So forgiveness doesn't mean that what they did was okay and acceptable. That has nothing to do with it. Forgiveness means that you can find compassion in your heart for yourself and for another, knowing that most times they're acting out of their own pain, their own unhealed trauma and wounds. I can forgive the programming, knowing that I'm, I'm actively taking a part in changing the programming. I feel compelled to do something about it. I feel called to educate and inform, to empower and influence these changes. So there's always something we can forgive. And forgiveness itself is, is a process of handing over the trauma, the feelings, the disempowered experience and taking our power back and standing up inside of ourselves again. Feeling strong again. Feeling that courage and strength rising up in us again. And we often need to do that by unifying, unification, uniting with other women. And we can unite in these circles and tell our stories, but the intention is not to sit and dwell in the stories and dwell and sit in the wounds. the, The intention is to heal the wounds, to rise up above them, to rise beyond them and feel empowered to take a stand somehow for you and maybe on behalf of other women. It doesn't have to be publicly. Maybe it's just you standing up inside yourself at home and saying, you know what? It happened to me and it does not need to be. It's not, it's not a, a reflection of who I am. It's something that happened to me. And this is what I'm going to do to overcome it. This is what I'm going to do to rise above it. Because as long as we're whole, being held imprisoned by that trauma, we, we feel disempowered. Now, what can men do? What can men do? Ah, yes, men. Beautiful men. There's, there's some really beautiful men out there wanting to help. They just don't know how. There are some men who have made some mistakes and just kind of gone along with the crowd and they feel bad. They feel guilty. Just, it's okay. Ask for forgiveness. We are very forgiving. As women, we are very forgiving. We're very compassionate. For those that men that, that, that kind of responded to the programming or the pressure of those peers around them, 
just stand up and say, you know, I apologize for all the times that I may have directly or indirectly caused harm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times that I saw something and didn't say something. I'm sorry you had to go through this trauma. How can I help? What can I do? What do you need? That's what women need. Take ownership of your part in being part of the problem. Indirectly or directly, intentionally or unintentionally, just take ownership. Yes, it's inherited programming. And you have a choice in each moment to change that programming. And I would encourage you to do that. If you see something, say something. If you hear someone abusing another, say something. In the moment, if you can, have the courage to speak up. Let that woman know that you're standing by her and you support her and you support the shift and change that needs to happen and the shift and change in the behaviors in the workplace or otherwise. Don't see her as a victim. See her as a hero, hero, see her courage, see her strength, see her vulnerability as strength. Listen, listen deeply. Men are programmed to want to try and fix or come up with a solution. Women at this point that are sharing their stories just need to be heard, especially at the beginning. Just listen. Just listen and then ask, how can I support you? What can I do? How can I help? I am so sorry this happened to you. You did not deserve that. What can I do? That's the most loving response that you can have. Women need to feel heard, seen, and understood. And you don't have to get it all all around. But just stay in that place of compassion. Hold space. And see what happens. Encourage them to get help if you feel it's out of your, your depth or out of your 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 ability to support, you're out of your capability, that's okay. You don't have to know the answers. You don't have to understand everything. And then teach the next generation. Not only with your words to them directly, teaching them how to respect women, how to treat women, but also by your example. 
So these are ways you can help. As we continue to take these steps moving through this beautiful shift that's happening in our planet, it's going to get messy. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get uncomfortable. There's going to be a lot of sweaty palm conversations. There's going to be a lot of things, a lot of shift hitting the fan, a lot of things falling apart, a lot of foundations crumbling, a lot of shaking beneath our feet, a lot of women being challenged and pushed out of their comfort zone, a lot of men being challenged and pushed out of their comfort zone. The calling is really, really strong right now to shift what's happening on our planet. And the calling in our hearts is really, really strong. So if you're feeling a call to stand up, stand out, and stand strong, to speak your truth, to find a platform, to be a voice, whatever it is, I encourage you, just say yes. Say yes to it. Say yes to it over and over again, and your heart will lead you in every step of the way. That's what life by divine is all about. We do not, as humans, we do not know how to navigate this. We have no flipping clue what needs to happen. I'm giving you these ideas. I'm giving you these pieces because they're coming through me as guidance. They're not coming from me, but through me. And life by divine is allowing the divinity to come through us and navigate our lives and give us the words and give us the actions and give us everything we need in order to heal ourselves and in order to contribute to the healing of the whole. Every one of us has an essential part to play. And as we align with that divinity within us, when we allow that that beautiful guidance to come through our heart and express itself, in the way it's meant to, whether that's a radio show, a book, a song, a topic, some form of product, whatever it is, a conversation you have with a stranger, a space you hold for someone who's expressing a trauma, doesn't matter what it is, every part is essential. And every moment is a gift. And the potential as we unwrap these present moments, the potential for healing our planet and uniting us all in love for each other and our, and, and our, and Mother Earth is really high right now. The potential has never been this big. But it requires that each one of us say yes. It requires that each one of us step up and say, okay, I'm the one. Show me the way. What role would you have me play? What would you have me do? Life by divine is, is surrendering your agenda, your human agenda, what you think your life is about, what you think it should be, what you think will make a difference. It's surrendering all of that because along with all of that goes your fears as well. Surrendering all your fears of speaking up, surrendering all your concerns, all your worries, all your doubts and aligning with the, the knowing in your heart. When we let our heart lead, when we let the divine lead us through the whispers in our heart, 
everyone's taken care of. The directions that come moment to moment are for everyone, including us. It's serving all of humanity everywhere, all together, all at once. And these more controversial topics on a human level, we don't know how to unwind these patterns. We don't know how to heal these programmed, inherited tendencies and and behaviors and beliefs. These belief systems go back many, many generations. How do we heal that? On a human level, we're, we're limited. On a human mind level, in our minds, we're limited by the filters and the programming that we received through our lives and and the ones that we're inher- we've inherited. The good news is our heart taps into a wisdom that goes beyond the limitations of our mind. When we let our heart lead, when we let our heart drive and direct us, everything is given. All the directions like like following a recipe, one piece at a time, one step at a time, everything's given. And it goes beyond the limitations of our mind. We tap into an infinite wisdom that is serving everyone everywhere, all together, all at once. It's serving the whole, to heal the whole. So living life by divine is not just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. That sounds really good. This is This is where our hope for humanity lies. In all of us deciding to surrender our own plan, surrender our agenda and live the grand, live the, play the part in the grand plan. To say yes to play our part, to say yes to the healing of the whole, to say yes to heal and look at inside ourselves and, and be the change. This is what we're all being called to do right now. And I encourage you in every moment that you remember to say yes. To say yes to play your part. To say yes to stand up, stand out, stand strong. If you need support, reach out. We have a beautiful growing community, a global community, where we're doing this deep healing together in community, supporting each other, holding each other up, cheering each other on. You don't need to do it alone. There's lots of pockets of support out there. Let your heart lead you to the the support that you're meant to receive right now so that we can navigate this beautiful shift in a way that empowers all of us. I love you. I see you. I'm grateful for you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com.